Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots. It's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man. That state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, Monday through Thursday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific and 10.30 p.m. Pacific, beginning on Fridays on Ground Zero.radio. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com is the email. The backup email is tstradio at protonmail.com. You can also find The Secret Teachings after the initial broadcast on any radio or podcast player or application. Just search the show name. You do have to listen to kind of annoying advertisements, but we get paid for that because it's one of the main ways we support the show. We finance the show. You can listen for free and still support us or go to our website at thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to the ad-free archive today. You'll get access to the montages, my books, and more. Again, www.thesecretteachings.info. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight, coming over from Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis here on Ground Zero Radio. I really do sincerely appreciate it, giving my show a chance if you've never heard it. For those of you who have been fans for a long time, I think you're going to enjoy tonight's broadcast. We're going to touch on a number of areas that might, for some people, be considered quite dark, but we're going to do it from a base, from a foundation of something that is quite mundane. The way we get to that understanding and to that information is by looking at some of the shows we've already had this week, some of the topics we've already discussed, some of the guests we've had on. Starting with Derek Murphy on Tuesday, we did a show called Love Crafting the Future. And the idea of that broadcast was that H.P. Lovecraft's universe seems to have infiltrated everything. It seems to have infiltrated movies, TV shows, professional sports, high finance, low finance, if you will, comic books, you name it. And now some places you'd think, yeah, that's H.P. Lovecraft, that idea, that kind of a, a world that belongs there. Like, Rick and Morty, for example, they already go on these adventures in the TV show that are through portals and other worlds, other dimensions. They're fighting these monsters, these creatures, kind of tentacly, kind of mythical-looking fabrications of the imagination. Probably the people that make that show doing a lot of drugs. But nevertheless, it's very Lovecraftian, so you'd expect to see it there. But you probably wouldn't expect to see Lovecraftian images or the idea of monsters and mythical beings appearing in places like Bitcoin. But there's a Bitcoin system. I don't fully understand how it works, so bear with me. But there's a Bitcoin system called Kraken. And the Kraken, this mythical monster, based on real sightings and real interactions with giant octopus or squid, the Kraken is kind of like a reference nowadays to Cthulhu. Obviously, these giant squid, these giant octopus, one of which was just filmed up in, I believe it was Port Alberni, British Columbia. They're very real, and they, I don't want to say hide, but they find their homes in the abyss, a literal abyss, an ocean that we don't know much about in relation to what we know about the surface of our planet without any water. So there's an underlying idea, an underlying element or essence to the abyss that relates to the unconscious mind, to the idea of staring into the abyss, 
into nothingness. Maybe you're in goblin mode, influenced by the elves and the fairies and the goblins, by Gob, the king of the gnomes, by the earth spirits, etc. Maybe you bring an elf in your house and put him on the shelf during Christmas time or allowing the elves to come in when that was never a thing in human history that you wanted to have in your sacred space. And now we bring them into everything. But the Kraken, in relation to the Abyss, in relation to Cthulhu, the Kraken is a creature that comes from the Abyss, very much like Cthulhu. And some scientists believe that the octopus, perhaps even the squid, which have now been given sentience or a sentient classification in the UK, believe that these might be aliens. Not that they came here on spaceships, but that they are very alien to everything else we know about our planet and the plants and the trees and the flowers and the animals and the fish and the birds, etc. They're very alien. So they do have that Cthulhu feel to them. And when you have a giant octopus or a giant squid, you get the Kraken. And so the Kraken is used as a name for everything from Bitcoin to something like, well, I don't know, a professional hockey team. How about that? The Seattle Kraken. And up there in Seattle, not too far from British Columbia, where the Kraken was recently seen, an actual real Kraken, as you've heard me talk about before, but we're going to tie a lot of things together tonight. I'm just giving you a brief recap. You have the Kraken at the center of the ice, and you have this whole stadium built around climate change and COVID-19. And now there's a new variant of COVID-19. It's not really a new variant, as we discussed with Don Lester and David Parker last night on the show, but it's more of a computer model. But this new variant is called Kraken. Other names given were Typhon or Chiron. Other names were mythical monsters and creatures that are titans. Why refer to a variant or refer to anything by these names unless you want to invoke the fear and the terror that goes along with it, which is precisely what Dr. Ryan Gregory, the professor up in Canada and Ontario suggested, and then it went viral. He suggested that we name these monsters or these variants after monsters. And we talk about these monsters because it'll frighten people into accepting these new variants and paying more attention to COVID-19. Likewise, with the Seattle Kraken, COVID-19, climate change, they play at Climate Pledge Arena. All that energy and attention gets directed at the Kraken. It's basically an altar to Cthulhu. I mean, what exactly is climate change? They tell us climate change is man-made. It's because we're breathing. It's because we're hurting the planet. And according to the New Yorker, there's a huge write-up in the New Yorker recently about dimming the sun. And they talk about stratospheric aerosol injection, military planes, private planes, spraying diamond dust, sulfur dioxide, and other things into the atmosphere. And then at the end of that article, it's like seven, eight, maybe nine or ten pages even. It's a huge article. They say that geoengineering is a vaccine for the climate, for the environment. And you find this parallel between the two. You find that breathing is bad because of CO2, although it's the oxygen of plants. You find that you shouldn't have kids, you shouldn't travel, you shouldn't take a vacation. It's all affecting the climate and the environment and the weather and all of these kind of undefined, mystical, mythical ways. And at the end of the day, you can just get a vaccine for the climate, for the environment. That's geoengineering. It's very similar to COVID-19. Don't breathe. 
don't go out in public, don't travel, lockdown, quarantine, and we have a vaccine at the end of the day to fix the problem. Even SARS-CoV-2 is very much like CO2. Just take away some of the scaffolding. So those things are related, and in their relationship with the Kraken or the Seattle Kraken, you start to find this parallel, you start to find this pattern of things that don't really seem like they're connected, but they are connected. And not loosely connected, but directly connected. For example, last night we started off the show talking about alchemists and magicians and high priests who famously controlled the kings of South America, Central America, pharaohs in Europe, etc., emperors in China, etc. And I said that alchemists, magicians, and high priests that we see in past ages and in stories and things like that, we see them as having a lot in common with fantasy, like video games or books, superstition, insanity, they're crazy. It's all made up, it's mythical, it doesn't really exist. They have a lot more in common with those things than they do with science. But modern science is conducting itself in the same way. Pharmaceutical companies produce products derived from chemicals or plants that are no different than potions, filters, draughts, or cures for poison, like putting a special liquid into the horn of a unicorn, for example. Biotechnology companies do kind of the same thing. Plus, they tamper genetically with nature by mixing genes together to create their own versions of nature. It's basically like summoning, conjuring, invoking, mixing things together like an herbologist, like a chemist, combining animals and insects to create these monstrous demonic forms. In biotechnology companies, pharmaceutical companies, the chemists, the scientists, they're no different than the high priests, the magicians, and the alchemists of the old world. They, in fact, are the modern versions of those fields or interests or professions or whatever you choose to call them. The scientists, the chemists, etc. involved in these productions are now just the experts. And they're given authority as part of a priestly class that is never to be questioned. Now that priestly class that's never to be questioned has always done something throughout history that is so terrifying that it just sort of sticks in our memory. We always recall it's always something you see in a movie or you think about from some old, faraway land. This idea of human sacrifice. Now, not every single tribe, culture, etc. practiced human sacrifice. Some that practiced literal human sacrifice would sacrifice sometimes their own people. Other times they would sacrifice people that would wander into their village or onto their field. They'd usually kill them and then spread their blood, sprinkle their blood on the field to fertilize it. But they would usually use people that were prisoners of war, people that had been based on you know raids and things like that. They would be kidnapped from other villages, and they would sacrifice them, whether that was to make sure the sun comes out tomorrow or it was something more complex that we don't fully understand. Human sacrifice has always been something that's been practiced, and in fact, it's talked about in the Bible. So human sacrifice is one of those things that just it's so dark and it feels so inhuman because it is that it, you know, it's it's a disturbing thing to think about. But there's something worse, perhaps, than human sacrifice. I mean, most parents would say they would sacrifice themselves for their children. So that, I think, would kind of imply that child sacrifice would be probably the worst thing that could be done. Uh, It is the greatest insult 
to creation, to God, to the divine, to whatever you want to call it. So once again, priests, magicians, alchemists, chemists, you name it, whether old or new, working for kings and queens and lords or working for pharmaceutical companies and biotechnology companies, working for science departments at universities, playing with nature, tampering with nature, creating monstrous demon-like beings, creatures, insects, genetically modified mosquitoes. They've got vaccines now for honeybees. We'll talk more about that either tonight or on another broadcast. Also, things like genetically engineering two species that have nothing in common with another, with one another, like a goat and a spider. That's already been done. These are the magicians. These are the madmen. These are the crazy people. These are the madmen or the madman at the top of the mountain, believing that they are receiving divine inspiration to create new technologies or new chemicals or new types of things that will, well, on the surface make life easier, but things that really consume our soul and our spirit in the process of us interacting with them, kind of like gateways to the abyss or gateways into hell, like that movie Event Horizon, where they have this Stargate-like portal that's supposed to be a warp drive, and it takes the ship, instead of being a technology that works to improve uh, space travel, I guess it does in a way, it also takes the entire ship and transports it through this black goo portal to hell. It's a really good representation of what I'm talking about in that movie, Event Horizon. If you've never seen it, you should definitely go watch it because it's, if you like the secret teachings, you'd like that movie. And if you like that movie, you'd definitely like the secret teachings. But when you look at all of this, again, going through whether that's modern scientists and high priests and experts and stuff like that, or we're talking about the Lovecraftian influence and the abyss, or the combination of things like SARS-CoV-2 and CO2 responding to climate change and the way they respond to COVID-19 and having those things wrapped up in an altar that is Climate Pledge Arena, looking at how a lot of things now aren't even references to Cthulhu or Lovecraftian things or the Kraken. A lot of things now are just H.P. Lovecraft, like Rick and Morty now, who already are in a Lovecraft-like universe. They're literally in a new comic book. They're literally fighting Cthulhu. That's the name of the comic book, Rick and Morty versus Cthulhu. The new Batman. Batman's literally going to be fighting what they call the Lurker, or is it's a new Batman movie. It's going to be fighting basically Cthulhu, whether it's the Watchmen or it's the Eternals, uh, things we've talked about on this show, and particularly with Derek Murphy on the broadcast. We've looked at all of those things that, Comic books, movies, TV shows, you might think, yeah, it's there. But we've expanded on that and we've looked into things like professional sports. We've looked into things like finance and economics. And you find these ideas and these themes everywhere. And at the core of all of it is a a creeping terror, a spilt abyss, if you will. That is when you spill a drink on the table and you have some papers off to the side and you can see the water or the liquid just sort of going for those papers or going for your electronics. The abyss has spilled over and it's not slowly moving toward our papers or our electronics. It has already covered and ruined all of them. And the one thing that we talked about on Tuesday with Derek that stood with me and that has stayed with me all week is something Derek said about the uh, 
the, the attempt to break reality. And that stood out to me because, and it's a synchronicity perhaps, right after the show, I went to uh, Twitter to put up the show promo uh, or you know pr- promoting the show and uh, the pictures and all that. And I go on there and I'm scrolling through and I found this clip, I'm going to play it for you, of Yaval Harari, the transhumanist, the technologist, the author, the anti-humanist, I would call him, talking about how we need to relearn who we are and how to do certain kinds of things because humans are being gobbled up by machines and technologies. Now, when I play you this clip, I want you to think about, if you heard the show last night, a clip we played from Stefan Bonsel, the head of Moderna, where he's talking about using vaccines not as something to cure disease. He's not using vaccines as kind of like a technological update to your body computer. Very similar to what Yuval Harari is saying in this clip I'm going to play for you, where he's talking about relearning how to see and relearning how our senses function in a digital environment. And when you get to the core of that, it's about eliminating organic humanity. It's about eliminating anything that's natural. And the processes by which that occurs, I'll share them with you in a second. This is Yuval Harari. Uh, Maybe the most important quality to survive and flourish in the 21st century is to have mental flexibility. Not just to keep learning and changing again and again, also to keep letting go. Um, Part of what makes it difficult to learn new things that we hold on. Like, you know, I spent so many years learning something and now the world has changed. And um, I I just don't want to let go. And letting go, maybe I'll give an example of how deep it goes. Like, it's not just what you learn in college or what you learned in kindergarten. It's even what you learned as a baby, as a toddler, like learning how to see Mm. or learning how to walk. And what does that mean? I have to relearn how to see and walk. Well, um, as virtual reality improves, and you know, with all the talk of the metaverse and so forth, as we'll discuss later on, increasingly, it's likely that there will be many more activities shifting from the physical, biological world that we know into a new reality, a virtual reality, which has different physical and biological laws. Even the laws of physics there are different. The laws of physics there are different. Now, if he's not describing the plot of the matrix, then I don't know what he's talking about. And what he's saying is almost identical to what Klaus Schwab has said about merging man and machine in the Fourth Industrial Revolution, or the Fourth Reich, the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Take a listen to Klaus Schwab. But ladies and gentlemen, excellencies, the future is already here. The future has begun. It's a new system. It changes us. Because it's a fusion of our physical, digital, and biological spheres. It's an integration of those spheres. Now, if he's not a member of the collective hive mind known as the Borg, 
then I don't know who Klaus Schwab is. So Yuval Harari says we need to relearn the senses, like eyesight. We need to understand that the physics of the new world are going to change. Klaus Schwab says we're going to merge with machine, etc., with computers, etc. And the only way that you could convince people to do this It's not enough to play on people's emotions or to traumatize them and to force them into it. It's not enough just to get them to upload themselves to a computer through every kind of thing you digitally put online. You know, photos, videos, likes, dislikes, the patterns that can be recognized and the profiles that can be created. But in the process, you have to do something else. You have to destroy the connection to source. You have to destroy the connection visibly to the natural world. You have to replace everything natural with something unnatural. Like Palpatine says in the new Star Wars, unnatural. And you have to replace the organics with synthetics. In other words, you have to destroy creation. You have to sacrifice life. And particularly, you have to sacrifice, well, the vessels for life. And that would mean the womb and replace it with something synthetic like an artificial womb. Separate men and women entirely so women can have babies with their own cells, not necessarily clones, but kind of like clones. It would be turning their cells, women's cells, your cells, ladies, into sperm and then impregnating yourself with them. That's not a theory. That's a thing. And by separating the creative forces of man and woman and destroying the vessel for new life and for those children that have already been born into this system, corrupting them and mutilating them so that there is nothing that can stop the trans, um, let's call it transgender humanist agenda. Because that's what it is. And the mutilation of children because of transgender ideology. You might think that's an isolated thing. But I told you tonight's show is going to cover a lot of ground, a lot of area. A new report has come out from the American Academy of Pediatrics. The American Academy of Pediatrics says kids as young as 12 years old should be offered medical treatment And that includes surgery and drugs for obesity. That might seem like a completely unrelated thing, but when you read the article, and we're going to read the article, they talk about surgery and drugs for young kids because of obesity. Sounds kind of similar to surgery, puberty blockers, etc. for, well, things that are up in the mind. This is the bodily version. This is mutilating and torturing and sabotaging a generation in the mind, the body, and thus the soul. Destroy, sabotage, and eliminate creation, sacrifice life and innocence, and then bring in the new world. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There is a lot more after this, so you do not want to miss it. Tonight on Ground Zero Radio and www.thesecretteachings.info. Don't go anywhere.
Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. It's 2023, the year of the rabbit, and you're listening to the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. This is the secret teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash the secret teachings. Hey there, it's Ryan Gable. You know you can always listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Dot Radio. I don't need it. And for free in the monetized archives on our website or on any radio or podcast player. I don't need it. But you can also help support the show by subscribing to the ad-free archive with montages, digital books, and a private RSS feed. I definitely don't need it. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today. I need support economically and energetically will keep us on air into the future. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana? Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir. Or if that's not enough, check out Good Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings, but most importantly, it supports you. Broadcasting from somewhere between heaven, hell, and purgatory. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Release the Kraken! Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows with your host, Ryan Gable. So we've been staring into the abyss, and the question is, has the abyss looked back? Have we locked eyes with the abyss? Have we conjured something we cannot control? Lovecraft was just a man, someone who had some mental problems himself, but he not created, but invoked and was a gateway or a portal to a world of horrors, a dimension of terror. And everything Lovecraft wrote about and developed and talked about, including cosmicism, the idea that immensely intelligent and evolved beings probably wouldn't care too much about us, kind of like walking next to an anthill, we don't think much about it. But all of those Lovecraftian things have been applied to virtually every aspect of our civilization and culture, from professional sports to finance to comics, movies, TV shows. You've heard me say it probably a dozen or more times this week. But beyond that is the obsession with, well, apparently humans breathing. Because if you breathe too much, you could get people sick. If you breathe too much, you could also get the planet sick. 
SARS-CoV-2, CO2. What's the solution to SARS-CoV-2? A vaccine. What is the solution to climate change? Well, now the New Yorker is telling us in an article called Sun Dimming or Dimming the Sun, admitting that the military, private individuals, etc. are working on this with diamond dust and sulfur dioxide. A vaccine is the solution to climate change. And although you might not think this, when you look at pharmaceutical companies and you look at biotechnology companies and you look at what they do, a lot of us think it's kind of like magic. But what they're doing is basically making potions and filters and draughts and cures for poison. What they're doing is they're altering natural things. They're genetically engineering things, one, but two, things that have no relationship whatsoever, like a spider and a goat, and then calling it their own creation. These are the scientists, the chemists, the geneticists, etc., involved in these productions, they're called experts. They're given authority as part of a priestly class that is never under any circumstance whatsoever to be questioned because they are the science. And they are creating a better world, a new world, one in which you might not have a place, and if you do have a place, it's serving the priestly class. I played this for you in the first segment, and one of these clips I've played for you on other shows, Yuval Harari. Yuval Harari, the globalist, the author, speaker, etc., the transhumanist. He believes that humans need to relearn how to use their senses. Why? Well, because we're moving into a new world, a digital world, where eventually the laws of physics are going to change. That's not what I said. That's what he says. Take a listen. Uh, maybe the most important quality to survive and flourish in the 21st century is to have mental flexibility. Not just to keep learning and changing again and again, also to keep letting go. Um, part of what makes it difficult to learn new things that we hold on. Like, you know, I spent so many years learning something and now the world has changed and um I, I just don't want to let go and letting go maybe i'll give an example of how deep it goes like it's not just what you learn in college or what you learned in kindergarten it's even what you learned as a baby as a toddler like learning how to see mm. or learning how to walk and what does that mean that i have to relearn how to see and walk well um, as virtual reality improves, and you know, with all the talk of the metaverse and so forth that we'll discuss later on, increasingly, it's likely that there will be many more activities shifting from the physical, biological world that we know into a new reality, a virtual reality, which has different physical and biological laws. Even the laws of physics there are different. So whether you want to interact socially there, or maybe you have a job in virtual reality, in the metaverse, or maybe you design, you, you, you have a new job designing fashion, designing shirts for virtual reality because people want to look good there. You need to forget how physics and light mm. and gravity works here because it works in a different way. It works in a different way in the metaverse. Did you hear that? I and mean, first of all, 
people want to look good in the metaverse, but the word of 2022 was goblin mode, which means that you're proud of having no pride, means that you're just okay with, well, what amounts to just being less than even mediocre, just being a bum. That's the idea of 2022. But people, he says, want to look good, present themselves nicely in the metaverse, but not in real life, of course. The second thing is, forget about gravity, forget about light. Forget about the laws of physics. Forget about everything you think you know about reality because that's going to change. We're going into a digital existence. And that, of course, is very similar to what Klaus Schwab has said on multiple occasions. Here is one of the clips where he talks about the merging of biological and technological distinctiveness. He's basically saying you will be assimilated. Resistance is futile. It's a new system. It changes us because it's a fusion of our physical, digital, and biological spheres. It's an integration of those spheres. Just think of senses planted into our brains. The opportunities are immense. As long as you have a German accent or any accent, apparently you can tell people, we will put the senses in your brain and control how you think. We control actions and movements. We control reality, light, gravity, physics. Then it's okay. And if I say, hold on a second, this sounds like some kind of alien invasion. Oh, Ryan's crazy. He doesn't have a German accent. You know, you're crazy. You don't have a French accent or a German accent or a British accent. So you don't know what you're talking about. And if and that's I'm, I'm joking, of course, but that's also a real thing. Why, why do you think people like Barack Obama even recently was doing a southern accent at one of his talks? Why do you think Hillary Clinton does that kind of stuff? I'm not saying these guys don't have accents. I'm just saying that when they have an accent and they're foreign, something's foreign, something's from somewhere else. Well, that's unique and weird and interesting. We want to be a part of that. We don't really care about our own country. We don't really care about our own culture. And collectively, as a society, we don't care about our own species. We're just burned out. We don't care anymore. We're not concerned with how we look. We're not concerned with how others perceive us. We're not concerned how we interact with other people. We're not concerned with how we treat other people or how they even treat us for that matter. We're just goblins in our den and we're afraid of light and we're afraid of gravity. We don't want to get up. We are very sedentary now, more than ever. And we would rather someone else do it for us, which is why it's really easy for the mainstream media, Fox News, MSNBC, CNN, you name it, to tell you that every problem that you've ever imagined having from a cough to heart disease to trouble breathing to diabetes to anxiety and stress, it's all caused by a virus. Can never be a vaccine. Definitely always a virus. Certainly not lifestyle. That's more crazy than a vaccine causing those problems. Someone sent me an article yesterday from the Babylon Bee. It said, crazy right-wing conspiracy theorists believe that exercise, sunlight, clean water, and food, something like that, uh, will make you healthy. It's a crazy conspiracy theory. But likewise, the alternative media does the exact same thing. The independent media does the exact same thing. Every single problem you've ever imagined having 
none of it's caused by a virus. It's all caused by a vaccine. guess they're half right. It's definitely not caused by a virus, but it's probably not always caused by a vaccine either. There's other problems. But no matter what our problems are, it doesn't matter because there's always a way to forcibly change the situation, to change the laws of physics, light, gravity. I mean, that almost that's like a very unsettling and destabilizing thing to say. You can almost feel the universe shift when Yuval Harari says, we're going to have to learn how to change light and physics and all this stuff. I mean, what is wrong with these people? Maybe they really believe they're creating a better world or perhaps they're creating a world that they can better control or perhaps they're not in control of anything and there's some kind of brain parasite like Elon Musk has alluded to and he probably is just as much victim to it as anybody which is taking control of these people's bodies and minds and influencing them to create these new systems. And what Yuval Harari is saying is not unique because Samsung has a white paper and they've already talked about how they are right now in development of, and I, I know it's so overplayed, but it's what they say. It's not what I'm saying. They're calling it extended immersive reality. Literally a digital computer program, a system that you plug yourself into and you don't come out of it. If you want to see your friends and you want to go to a ball game and you want to have a drink, you can do all those things, but those places and those people will be replicated digitally. Extended immersive reality, holographic projections, they're not building that for your cell phone. They're building that for you. And this is I know this is very heavy and might be considered dark and negative. I'm trying to shine a light on it. They're openly telling you we are actually building a new reality and we're going to plug you into it. And that plugging is going to come in a way that you don't imagine because it's not putting wires in your head and uploading into that system. That's not how it works. But that's not really our concern tonight. Our concern is that what Yuval Harari is saying, what Klaus Schwab is saying, what people at Google have been saying, Ray Kurzweil, for example, is that in order to reach this next stage of quote-unquote, and I mean quote-unquote, big quotes, bold quotes, quote-unquote, development or evolution, we have to replace what's already here. And before we can replace it, we have to convince people that this world is toast. It's burned. It's done. It's over. Climate's destroyed. We've destroyed civilization. We've destroyed nature. None of those things are true. The planet is very healthy. Plants and trees are really, at since at least the 80s, at an all-time high for, for green coverage, according to satellite data. We have more resources today than we had 50 years ago with less that we thought existed. And today we have more because we have new estimates and we recycle and we make things more efficiently. The world's not that bad, but they have to convince you, especially because it's not that bad that it's worse than what you could imagine so that you'll willingly go along with the destruction of creation and the sabotage of civilization and the sacrifice on an altar figuratively and literally of not only life, but also of innocence. And that brings me to this article from the Associated Press. The first place I saw it was KTVB Channel 7 News out of Washington. This is from the American Academy 
pediatrics. This is what the article says. Now, you're going to think probably that this has nothing to do with tonight's topic, but stay with me. We're talking about the destruction of creation, the sabotage of civilization, the sacrifice of life, and particularly the sacrifice of innocence. Because if you can sacrifice innocence and children, there's no new generation. And if there is a new generation, that new generation is totally subservient and totally connected to the new system. Part of that also means that you have to destroy the vessels for life, which would mean you have to destroy the woman. And you also have to destroy the male-female companionship model because that's how life is created. They want to destroy that so they can replace it with their own version of life. Again, probably not something people are thinking about when they hear this new guidance from the AAP, but the American Academy of Pediatrics has suggested and has put out this guidance on something that made me immediately think of all these things I've shared with you so far tonight. Maybe I'm crazy, but hear me out, please. New guidance. This is the guidance. Use drugs and surgery early for obesity in kids. Children struggling with obesity should be evaluated and treated early and aggressively including with medications for kids as young as 12 and surgery for those as young as 13. That's according to these new guidelines, and this was released on Monday of this week. Now, we did a show recently about obesity. You might remember it was called Another Obese of the Puzzle. And during that show, we looked at official statistical data from the Centers for Disease Control, showing that 42, almost 43% estimated, and it can be interpreted as arbitrary because they adjust numbers and people are actually more than obese now, so they've had to change the definition of obesity. So you have obesity, you have morbid obesity, you have super morbid obesity now. It's another th- a new thing, new classification. But generally speaking, about half the country is overweight. And not a little bit, but a lot. of all children aged 2 to 19 are obese. So the American Academy of Pediatrics says we need to take 20% of the population of children and we need to aggressively evaluate and treat them with drugs and with surgery. Now, this overwhelmingly and disproportionately affects black and Hispanic children. That's not really the point of tonight's show, but I think that's an interesting piece of information that you should know because aggressively going after obese children means you're going to be going after black and Hispanic children and you're going to be doing surgery on them and filling them with even more drugs and you're going to contribute to a very bad problem that already exists in those communities largely because of culture. It does not affect Asian communities virtually at all. Just like Asian communities typically earn a lot more money than even just standard basic white people because they have culture that has not been stripped away from them in the same way that black and Hispanic culture has been stripped away. Or in the case of black culture, they've been given a synthetic culture because their real culture has been sabotaged and taken from them. And if you want to be an actual American, you can't be an American. You're an African-American which is not even true, and they create this false culture and apply it to those communities. Again, secondary issue, 
but nevertheless, it is still there on the surface. So they're talking about taking drugs and surgeries to children. The longstanding practice of watchful waiting, as they call it, or delaying treatment to see whether children and teens outgrow or overcome obesity on their own, only worsens the problem that affects more than 14.4 million young people in the United States. Left untreated obesity can lead to lifelong health problems, including high blood pressure, diabetes, and depression. While it can lead to a lot more than that, it can lead to, we can read the list from the CDC's website. It can lead to type 2 diabetes. They said diabetes. It could lead to type 2 diabetes specifically. Coronary heart disease, stroke, gallbladder disease, osteoarthritis, sleep apnea, breathing problems, cancer, low quality of life, chronic inflammation, anxiety, stress, depression, suicide, and a whole list of other things that you probably don't want. But again, all those things are caused by a virus or a vaccine. They're not caused by lifestyle, according to every source of information it seems like you interact with and you you look into. Everybody says it's a virus or a vaccine. So they want to come into the household and they want to take the children when they're young and they want to put them on drugs and they want to aggressively do surgery on them. Now, I want you to just for a moment, in processing what I'm sharing with you and what I'm saying, maybe you're looking at this particular article with me. I want you to think if that sounds familiar. Because it sounds familiar to me because I'm thinking of two specific things that might be coming to your mind. I'm drawing this out because I really want you to think about it. I want to see if we're on the same page here. Number one, it just makes me think of candy-flavored cigarettes, trying to get children addicted to cigarettes or any kind of product, all the candy and soda and toy commercials for children, advertising and propaganda for kids. One, it's that. Get these kids hooked on drugs and surgery in the medical system at a young age. But two, and this is what first came to my mind, just reading the first paragraph of this article. Children struggling with obesity should be evaluated and treated early and aggressively, including with medications for kids as young as 12 and surgery for those as young as 13. Surgery and drugs for children. Where else have I heard that? Oh, I've heard it in affirmative care with puberty blockers. And when you have puberty blockers, they, quote, delay puberty. They actually prevent the formation fully of the brain. So you become stupid. You become retarded. Your development is retarded. You become mentally ill. You become psychotic, depressed, anxious, suicidal. That's just with puberty blockers. Then with hormone therapy, because puberty blockers already interfere with the normal hormonal process, hormonal therapy on top of that, and in a lot of cases, it's kind of unregulated because you can just get hormones. There are people on social media. They're looking for children, young people, teenagers. These are predators looking for prey to give them hormones across state lines because some states don't allow that. People just injecting themselves with hormones. So you think of puberty blockers, hormones. This messes up the body. Messes up the body pretty badly. If you had a self-image problem before, you're going to have a real big problem now. Especially because these types of things 
particularly when you're trying to transition from one biological sex or gender to the other, what happens is you usually gain a lot of weight. You get really sick. Seems like the problem's getting worse. More and more of that aggressive or microaggressive hatred coming from places that can't be identified. So you're getting more depressed, more drugs, more, and then you get surgery. So you're getting chopped to pieces and you're chemically altering and castrating your body and yourself. And on top of that and the surgery, I mean, it's basically modern day child sacrifice without completely killing the child. Although in some cases, that's what happens to young people. They commit suicide at higher rates. In one of the only studies ever conducted on transitioning, the more you transition, the more likely you are to commit suicide because the problems aren't in a needle. They're not in a pill bottle. And, well, they're certainly not at the psychiatrist or the psychologist's office because they kind of forced to, well, affirm that that's the problem. Even if you go to the doctor and you're like, hold on a second, doc, I don't think it's transgenderism or body dysmorphia. I think I just, my parents are getting a divorce and my life's falling apart. No, you're not allowed to think that. It's definitely because you're in the wrong body. What that is, is every culture throughout the world has practiced some kind of bodily modification, the lip, the neck. Uh, the cranium deformation, for, for different reasons. And a lot of cultures have practiced cannibalism for reasons that, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to eat a human body, I guess, unless I'm totally desperate, but cannibalism always isn't, isn't always some kind of dark uh, and, and, and evil thing. Some people eat human bodies, you know, in uncontacted types of tribes because they believe it. They're either going to absorb their energy or it's because they believe they're going to absorb their talents and abilities or they're going to be able to keep their relative in a warm place instead of a cold place rotting in the ground. But bodily alterations and body deformation and things like human sacrifice, child sacrifice, animal sacrifice, and of course, when we're talking about those kinds of things, cannibalism fits into the discussion as well. These things are happening today, mutilating children or letting children mutilate themselves. In some cases, because the rates of suicide increase when you do these kinds of things, you have dead children, dead young people, dead kids, dead teenagers, dead young adults. So it's bodily mutilation, body alteration, drugs, surgery, it's sacrificing the child, sacrificing the teenager, sacrificing the bodily temple for this idea. And now they're doing it and suggesting we should do it. And I believe it's more than just getting kids hooked on the pharmaceutical industry or the medical societies, uh, hospitals, doctors, etc. Now the American Academy of Pediatrics is saying that we need to go after children as young as 12 or 13 and we need to aggressively target them with drugs and surgery. So what do you think is going to happen here? This also bleeds into the transgenderism cult. Because what happens in transgenderism with all of the transitioning, the chemicals, the drugs, people become way less healthy if they were healthy before. And a lot of those people tend to gain a lot of weight. That's why you see a lot of LGBTQ people are massively overweight massively like in their face and their eyes, you can see that they are on the brink of death. They're very, very sick. And that could be from a lot of other problems as well. But then if you have children that are already overweight, 
children that are being indoctrinated with this ideology of removing their breasts or their genitals or whatever and having hormone therapies or having puberty blockers that still interferes with hormones, that's just an introduction to, well, you're also fat, so we're going to give you puberty blockers, we're going to give you hormone therapy, we're going to cut your breasts off, cut your genitals off, replace this, do this, do that. We're also going to target your obesity because you're really fat too. We won't call it fat, we'll call it big bone. And we're going to go ahead and start chopping the other parts of your body up so you can lose some weight. This is the sabotage of civilization. It is the destruction, the obliteration, the annihilation of creation. It's the sacrificing of life and innocence, targeting children and the vessels, women, who have children. And as well as that, targeting the male-female relationship because the spark of life, the orgasm, they want to replace that with a synthetic spark of life. A synthetic orgasm, if you will. Perpetual pleasure. Perpetual pleasure. Never having to think or to do anything. Letting something take care of you and feed off of you. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. A lot more after this. Don't go anywhere. From the occult and theology to history and the paranormal, The Secret Teachings Radio Show brings you that and more Monday through Friday on GroundZero.radio. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. If you're looking to learn more in 2023, then look no further than books from The Secret Teachings. The Technological Elixir explores UFOs, artificial intelligence, and demonic contracts in the entertainment industry. Liberty Shrugged is an illuminating and nonpartisan look into American history, focusing on natural law, slavery, and the war for independence. Food philosophy is not a diet book, but it does help alleviate confusion over food industry propaganda with specific focus on bizarre ingredients that are put into your foods. And Occult Arcana is a compendium of esoteric wisdom, from theology and sympathetic magic to witchcraft, voodoo, and the origins of holidays. Get physical and digital copies of these books only at www.thesecretteachings.info. And remember, all physical books also come with a digital copy as well. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You know you can always listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Dot Radio and for free in the monetized archives on our website or on any radio or podcast player. But you can also help support the show by subscribing to the ad-free archive with montages, digital books, and a private RSS feed. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today. Your support economically and energetically will keep us on air into the future. Thank you for your support. Hi, this is Laura. I'm from Las Vegas, and I listen to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable because he never fails to provide us with great information from various topics on which he's done extensive and thorough research to back him. Thank you for all that you do and all your hard work, Ryan, and thank you for sharing it with the rest of us. This is David Icke, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Why else would you show up with that thing on your back just three days before President Business is going to use the crackle to end the world? President Business is going to end the world? But he's such a good guy. And Octan, they make good stuff. Music, dairy products, coffee, TV shows, surveillance systems, all history books, voting machines. Wait a minute. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening. 
Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and crawl up through the fall of back to me. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. listening to the secret teachings radio i'm your host ryan gable if you'd like to contact me directly rdgable at yahoo.com i'd love to hear your feedback on tonight or any other show that we do monday through friday 10 p.m to midnight pacific starting 10 30 p.m pacific on ground zero radio of course you can listen to the show in the free archive on any radio or podcast player or on our website And subscribe to the Secret Teachings Archive on our website. Gets you access to all the shows without those advertisements that are placed there with Spreaker. Plus you get access to the montages and the digital books. www.thesecretteachings.info We've been staring into the abyss for quite some time now. And the abyss, it appears, has looked back. And as the abyss has looked back, it has infected us with its essence. We have embarked on a suicidal mission to destroy creation, sabotage civilization, and sacrifice life and innocence. That might sound like a talking point that you would hear from an environmentalist. But I'm here to tell you that when we talk about the planet being destroyed or civilization being sabotaged... I'm not talking about climate change. I'm not talking about, well, it used to be an issue, chemicals in the water and pollution. I'm talking about the destruction of the natural world and the sabotage of the natural world. Things that people used to care about, like environmentalists, who now support those people that are engaged in those sabotaging practices or those destructive practices, such as big science, big pharmaceutical companies, big biotechnology companies, and of course government agencies, private individuals, the military engaged in geoengineering practices. When I'm talking about destroying a planet, I'm talking about a planet that is not in a bad position. I'm talking about an environment that is not in a bad position. We're heading into colder weather and colder times. We might not be out of the last ice age over the last 100,000 years. We're just coming off of the last glacial maximum, then the Younger Dryas, and then we have more melting periods, and then we have the Maunder Minimum a few hundred years ago, and then we have increases of solar activity, outbreaks of flu and disease, and then that goes away, and we introduce electricity, and then we have more disease and influenza, influence of the stars. We start to blame that on viruses and bacteria, We develop vaccines that'll fix everybody's problem. It's actually hygiene and nutrition and packaged foods and plastic. Plastic's actually saved a lot of people's lives. Plastic has actually done more for the environment and more for your health than any vaccine will ever do. And I say vaccine in relation to the climate, too, because geoengineering 
and climate alteration agendas and plans, stratospheric aerosol injection, solar radiation management. They're calling these vaccines now, literally. I'm not joking about that. They're calling them vaccines. So you can't breathe because you get people sick, but you can't breathe because you also get the planet sick. Here's a vaccine to make you healthy, and here's a vaccine to make the planet healthy. It's the same kind of a thing. Pharmaceutical companies, biotech companies, they're basically alchemists and magicians and high priests. They're experts who can't be questioned. And they're building a world, as Yuval Harari said, and I played this for you earlier, in which we need to relearn how to see. And he doesn't mean that figuratively. He means that literally. He says, we're going to need to understand that light and gravity and the laws of physics are different in this new world, which is a super unsettling thing to hear. I'll play the clip again for you. He's talking about distorting and playing with light and gravity and the laws of physics and creating a totally different new world. And I'm not talking about a new world order. I'm talking about a new world, like a completely new state of affairs for everybody where this physical world doesn't matter. What matters is what you can be connected to and what other experience you can have. Yuval Harari talks about in this clip, you might be a fashion designer designing clothing in the digital environment that you live in because people want to look nice in this digital environment. And I find that weird. That That is kind of a true statement. You know, people on Grand Theft Auto, I played that, or um, I don't know what the video games are people play nowadays. Uh, I just remember at Grand Theft Auto, you can get you know, all the clothing and cars and houses and you can buy new things and whatnot. Uh, but all those things that you can do People were more concerned with making sure that their car on Grand Theft Auto or their clothing on GTA looked better than, well, how they lived. And and Yuval Harari is right that people want to look good in the metaverse, but in real life, it's goblin mode. And that's kind of a strange thing because they've convinced you that the world doesn't matter. Life doesn't matter. The real world, every physical thing you see, every natural thing you see doesn't matter. Not only does it not matter, it's actually dangerous. So you need to relearn how to see, how to taste, how to touch, how to hear. You need to relearn all your senses and the laws of physics and light and that other thing called gravity. Because we're creating a new world where you taste, touch, smell, see, and hear differently. Because the light's different. The laws of physics are different. I mean, it's, again, overplayed, but isn't that literally what the Matrix movie was about? The laws of physics are different, Neo. You can do other things in these digital environments. Like Dwight from The Office. He liked being a paper salesman so much he was a paper salesman in his second life as well. Well, that and he could fly. Merging man and machine, that's a simple way of putting it. This is the merging of organic and synthetic life to create cyborgs, to transition us into a hive mind, lifeless, sexless, genderless, soulless, spiritless creation. A Lovecraftian distortion of matter 
some kind of monster like in The Thing. Destroy the natural world. Destroy everything organic. Destroy creation. Sabotage civilization and sacrifice life and innocence. And part of the way you do that is target women because women, they're pretty strong and pretty powerful. They can create new life. They can carry that new life. So you have to destroy womanhood. Destroy femininity. Cut their hair off like Samson so he loses his power. The flowing elegance of a woman's hair. Very underrated. The power of the feminine curves have been blown out because one in two people now are obese to morbidly obese. And not only that, but teach women that having children is a dirty, disgusting thing. A laboratory setting is much cleaner, figuratively speaking. Plus, you don't want to have a baby. It could mess up your stomach or your hips or your vagina or your uterus or whatever. And that's just a lot of hassle. So we have a solution. Don't have babies. Go to work. Once you comply to that, you have a new solution to those problems that you feel because you feel even more empty. The new solution is... Well, maybe you you could have some fun, become promiscuous, and if you get pregnant, just have an abortion. And then once you accept that, then the next stage is get pregnant intentionally so you can have an abortion. People keep telling me that's just my rhetoric. That's that's not rhetoric. The the, the satanic temple, they're not real Satanists. They're not Anton LaVey Satanists. Clyde and I were just talking about this the other day. Uh, and I've said that on the show many times, they're not real Satanists, just like these Nazis aren't real Nazis. You know, real Nazis would have killed all these heroin addict Nazis, as I call them. But the Satanic Temple believes they have a right to kill children and a right to abortion. They say it's a religious right. No, it's not. And not only that, but you're not a religion. By any definition, you're not a religion. But the point is, there are people that believe that doing that is a religious right. So then you convince people that abortion is a religious right. So it becomes like a sacrifice, a sacrament to the cult, to the ideology, to the identity, to the ego. And along the way, you've separated the power of the female from the power of the male and the power that they create by coming together. And any children that squeeze through the cracks of this demonic grip... Well, those children have to be dealt with. They have to be indoctrinated. And if they can't just be indoctrinated, which is the first thing that you'll accept, if you accept the indoctrination, you'll accept that you'll be cut completely out of that child's life. You have no right. You have no duty. You have no responsibility to determine what happens to that child. The teacher at school does. The social worker does. The state does. Very, very much like a Huxleyan novel. Very Aldous Huxley-like, wouldn't you say? It's a cowardly new world. But if you'll accept that, then you'll also accept children being mutilated. Physically, chemically, mentally. Children being chemically castrated or physically castrated. Children being chopped up into pieces. Having their genitals, sex organs, breasts, you name it, removed or refashioned. At very young ages, mind you. And they call that health care. And they call, I have a right to sacrifice my child to Satan. That's a religious right. They call that health care. 
really? Is that the same health care that is the leading cause of death in Western civilization outside of lifestyle decisions? It's iatrogenic death? Is that the same, same health care? It's like people tell me about science. science, science. Well, is that the same science that vaporized 700,000 people in Japan in the blink of an eye? And then another couple hundred thousand after that. Is that the same science that created, well, I don't know, cell phones and TikTok? The same science that when we utilize it, it fries our brain? That, that science? I'm not saying science is a bad thing, but these are technologists. These are transhumanists. They don't believe in the human as an organic life form, as a piece or a part or a component of creation. You're only a piece, a component, and a part of their agenda. And I'm not even saying that's all transhumanists because some are transhumanist by definition or by name, but they are concerned about the direction that technology and ideology is, is taking us. But if you'll accept these things with your children in the name of LGBTQ+, because there's some rainbows and some Ukrainian flags, they seem to go together for some reason, then you'll accept not only the mental and partly the bodily because of the surgeries and things like that, and also because of the puberty blockers and hormones that both of which disrupt your hormones and development that includes of the brain, prefrontal cortex, decision-making, logic, that gets fried. That doesn't even develop. So you're in a state of arrested development your whole life. You become like a shaman, retarded, crippled. And they use you as a symbol of the culture. And what is happening now is the American Academy of Pediatrics in a totally unrelated, or so it seems, decision has released guidance for obese children. The guidance is not feed them something differently because, yes, it's not all exercise. But then again, Pepsi, like the soda company Pepsi, found out in a study that when you tell people that all they have to do is exercise and this is probably pretty obvious, they're going to drink a lot more Pepsi. And when you tell people this is low calorie, no sugar, but it is sugar, it's synthetic sweeteners, and it's worse than real sugar, then people are also going to drink a lot more Pepsi. Because they know they, well, if they just can run a mile tomorrow, it's, they're all good. They never do it. Not that it's going to help anyway, but they know that they've got some kind of licensing, some kind of moral licensing, as psychologists call it, to continue to do and make bad and poor decisions. Pepsi knows that. They've known that for decades. Coca-Cola knows that. Food companies know that. Pharmaceutical companies know that. That's their whole model. Make you sick and then give you the solution to the problem that they created. It's always an easy fix. Just run a mile tomorrow or pop this pill or take this drug or take this injection or be part of this study. Now the American Academy of Pediatrics is saying... And again, that's the American Academy of Pediatrics, okay? This isn't like some random doctor saying, hey, we should do this. This is the AAP. You should be able to trust these people. They're saying this. Kids as young as 12 years old, and they'll start there and they'll work their way down. They need to have drugs at that age if they're obese. And relatively speaking, what is obesity? So you could change the definition of obesity like inflation, vaccine, pandemic, virus, and you could be giving drugs to kids that aren't even technically or perceptually obese. 
But beyond that, and this part's even more scary, they say that kids as young as 13 need, quote, surgery. What kind of surgery would that be? Like Dr. Now and my 600-pound life and gastric bypass or something else? Because if you're still eating the same thing, it doesn't really matter. Calorie in, calorie out is a pretty, unless it's an emergency, a pretty, well, it's less than subpar. It's a pretty bad decision to make. It's like the keto diet, really. It's a bad decision. You don't want to go calorie in, calorie out. That's not how the body works. Because if you're putting things into the body that have nothing to do with calories, chemicals, drugs, etc., you're kind of screwed regardless of what you do. You got to stop putting those things into the body. In the same way that we talked about last night with Don Lester and David Parker, and I referenced a Harvard study where if you're stressed and anxious, even if you eat healthy, your body cannot extract the nutrients from those things that you're eating, even if they're expensive although real food's not expensive, generally speaking, and your body can't produce energy from that. So even if you're eating healthy, you can still be, well, unhealthy. guess it also depends on what exactly is considered health food as well. So here's what the article says. Let's go through the whole thing. Children struggling with obesity should be evaluated and treated early and aggressively, including with medications for kids as young as 12 and surgery for those as young as 13. That's according to guidelines released from the American Academy of Pediatrics. The long-standing practice of watchful waiting or delaying treatment to see whether children and teens outgrow or overcome obesity, which absolutely is a real thing, just like outgrowing a little boy put into a dress. I want to be a princess for like five minutes and then he's going to smash the neighbor's dog. Kids go through phases, including body type. You see a baby that's born a little chunky. It does not mean that the baby who's born chunky is going to be obese. But nevertheless, they want to get them when they're young. They say that waiting worsens the problem. That's the same argument, isn't it, that the transgender community uses. If we wait, then these kids are going to have worse problems. Or maybe what they mean is if we wait, what's going to happen is they're not going to be as easily drawn in or addicted to the drugs and addicted to the chemicals. They're not going to be as willingly and naively to accept surgery. They're not going to have that prefrontal cortex developed at a young age. That's why we have to target them young. Because once that part of the brain fully develops, you realize, oh, I don't need the drugs. I don't need the surgery. I don't need a penis. I don't need a vagina. I don't need uh, my breasts cut off. I'm good. I just need a job. I just need some friends. I just need a dog or a cat or a duck or whatever you like, fish. I need a boyfriend, a husband, a wife, a girlfriend. I just need something to do, something to be productive with. Once you realize that, then you don't need the drugs and you don't need the surgeries. Nevertheless, obesity affects 14.5 million young people in the U.S. That's true. Obesity can lead to lifelong problems. I've read you the long list of them over and over again. Stroke, heart disease, trouble breathing. The same things that are attributed to COVID-19 and the COVID-19 vaccine when what's attributed to COVID-19 is actually just poor lifestyle decisions and things that you you can't really beat yourself up completely because you don't really know. And what's attributed to the vaccine is, well, certainly definitely caused by the vaccine, the myocarditis, pericarditis, thrombosis, blood clotting, neurological problems like Prion's disease, you name it. But it's also partly lifestyle as well. And it's partly a matter of statistical analysis and 
people that weren't getting treated because of the pandemic and then they go to get treated and then they get put into the system, the database, and we have to wait a year or two for the data to come out. Then more people are being treated for this or that. Is it because of the virus or because we just had lower numbers? What is the difference? And you have to look at all those details. But they're saying 14.4 million, 14 and a half million young people are obese. So we need to come at them aggressively with surgery and with drugs. Dr. Ihoma Inelli, co-author of the first guidance on childhood obesity in 15 years from the AAP, said waiting doesn't work. What we see is a continuation of weight gain and the likelihood that they'll have obesity in adulthood. Well, that's also environment. What are their parents doing? How are their parents living their lives or their guardians? Are they all eating the same way? Are they all getting very little sleep? Are they all stressed and anxious? That leads to chronic inflammation. That's part of obesity. Are they depressed? That can be part of obesity, etc. What is the context? But Dr. Ihoma Anelli, who you would trust over me because she or he is a doctor. I'm not even sure if it's a she or he. I guess it doesn't matter at this point. But this doctor is a doctor, so they know. But if I say, hold on a second, there are other causes of obesity. I'm not allowed to say that because, according to this doctor, there's no cause of obesity. It's just solutions, hard solutions, hammering that nail down, drugs, and surgery. And that's so disturbing and gross. It's so, it's so like, it just, I think, horror like mutilating children because of obesity, their bodies are already mutilated. You're going to mutilate them further. And the irony here is this doctor says continuation of weight gain and the likelihood they'll have obesity in adulthood. If you cut them open and do things to them, they are going to be obese for the rest of their lives. They're going to be really sick for the rest of their lives. But they sell you on these little tiny things like go on the keto diet. You'll lose weight. Great. You'll lose water weight and then you'll gain all the water weight back. Great. Go into ketosis and see what happens. Same thing with this. Great. Go ahead and get the surgery. Go ahead and get the the drugs. What's going to happen? You're going to get addicted to the drugs. God knows what those drugs are, first of all. Second of all, some people actually get addicted to surgery. I guess that should be third of all. But second of all, you get the surgery. A single surgery can lead to a lifetime of chronic inflammation, which, of course, means you need more drugs which therefore it's convenient that they have the drugs you need to fix your body after they cut it to pieces. It's just like when mainstream media finally started to acknowledge, major universities started to acknowledge, yeah, we got geoengineering chemtrails and all that. Monsanto said, oh, we have an aluminum-resistant seed. And everybody's like, oh, that's great. Now we have a seed that can resist the aluminum that's being sprayed in the air. Just like chemical companies, biotech companies, We've got chemicals for those weeds. Well, if you keep spraying them, won't that just make the weeds worse? Won't they adapt to it? Oh, no, 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 no. And then they adapt, and then you get big weeds and big bugs. And what happens? Well, you have to have more chemicals. Convenient. They've got more chemicals for you. Good thing they were there with those new chemicals to fight the problems they created. Same thing with Stefan Bonsell of Moderna. This guy literally said that... They've got a new vaccine for the heart. They put it in the body and it regrows the heart muscles. It strengthens the muscles and regrows the the nerves. Really? Because it sounds like the only other product you have on the market is the mRNA vaccine and it has not been linked. It's been shown to, well, cause a weakening of the heart, inflammation of the heart, uh, weakening of the muscles. I guess the heart is a muscle itself uh, and a deterioration of the overall everything, quality of the heart nerves, et cetera. It fries all of it. 
but he's got a vaccine to fix the problem that the first vaccine caused. Good thing he was there. Good thing he had, he had made that vaccine exactly for the one acknowledged problem that the media says is a problem with the vaccines outside of thrombosis, which was, you know, the non mRNA vaccine, but that's actually all vaccines. It wasn't just Johnson and Johnson. That was a ploy to get you to think old vaccines are unsafe. MRNAs are really safe, but it's actually all vaccines with a thrombosis. And then good thing Stephen Bonsa was there to cure your heart problem that he created with a new vaccine that'll cause yet another problem that you'll need another vaccine. So you'll be just completely not only addicted, but you will need. And I mean, beyond addiction, I mean, you will not be able to survive. You will be very sick and they'll blame it on a virus if you don't get the next booster. That's how the next level of civilization is slated to go. You will be owned by Stefan Bossel. You will be owned by the corporations, the big technology companies, the big biotech companies, chemical companies, which is what they really are, and pharmaceutical companies and the big banks. You'll be owned by all of them. But the liberals still go on waving their flags about how they don't like corporations and big profit and big government while they have 35 needles in their arms and 15 different flags and they're confused where they are. But they're really intelligent and they know what's going on. I'm digressing from the point. The point is drugs and surgery. So for the first time, the group known as the American Academy of Pediatrics, the group's guidance sets ages at which kids and teens should be offered medical treatments such as drugs and surgery. Uh, Children shouldn't be offered any of those things. The parents should be talked to about them. But what do I know? In addition to intensive diet, exercise, and often behavior and lifestyle interventions, which should be the first thing, it should be behavior and lifestyle interventions, and then it should be exercise, and then if it's an emergency, then it should be intensive diet. And then perhaps if it's a life or death situation and you make that decision, then maybe surgery and drugs. Uh, It shouldn't be drugs, surgery, intensive diet, exercise, then maybe we'll look at the lifestyle conditions. It's literally reversed. It should be lifestyle and behavior, then exercise, then diet, which is part of lifestyle and behavior, as is exercise, and then drugs and surgery, if you want to go down that road. But that's not what they want you to do because they need that money, money, money. And they need that power, 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 and that control, control, control. And they need to merge you with machines in a slow incremental process by which the abyss kind of seeps into every aspect of our society. The crack in COVID variant, the crack in Bitcoin, Cthulhu, uh, whether they call the Seattle Cthulhu, the hockey team, it's everywhere. The abyss is everywhere. In general, doctors should offer adolescents 12 and older who have obesity access to appropriate drugs and teens 13 and older with severe obesity referrals for weight loss surgery. Those situations may vary. The guidelines aim to reset the inaccurate view of obesity as a personal problem, maybe a failure of the person's diligence, said Dr. Sandra Hassink. So we know Dr. Sandra Hassink has no morals, no ethics. She has no grasp on reality, apparently, because those are the very reasons why most people are obese. They are a personal problem, obesity issues. They are personal problems, and some of them are a failure of a person's diligence. Others are caused by the pharmaceutical companies, the food companies, and doctors, which are the number one, two, and three leading causes of death because a lot of heart disease and cancer and things like that are a result of, well, doctors. So drugs, surgery, diet, exercise, and lifestyle, those are 
the order of things that they give us. Really, it should be lifestyle behavior, including exercise and diet. Then maybe if you're in a really bad position, then you go with surgery and drugs. But they've turned it around and they want you to know that 12 year olds and 13 year olds should be given puberty blockers, hormone therapy. They should have their breasts cut off, their genitals cut off. Oh, and they should also have all those things done if they're obese as well. All of it contributes to the rest of it. Certainly not a personal problem. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. A lot more after this. Don't go anywhere. It's 2023, the year of the rabbit, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on GroundZero.radio. Want to hear more of The Secret Teachings radio show? Search for the show on any radio or podcast player or find links and a free archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you want to get rid of those annoying ads and get extra perks like access to the montage archive, digital copies of Ryan's books, and early access to the show, then subscribe to the full show archive at thesecretteachings.info. Visit the website and click the button that says subscribe. You can do so monthly, yearly, or through a one-time donation. Your support always keeps the secret teachings on the air. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to the secret teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's the secret teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. This is David John Oates from ReverseSpeech.com. You are listening to The Secret Teaching with Ron Gable. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. New guidance from the American Academy of Pediatrics says, chop kids up, give them drugs, get them hooked, get them addicted distort the chemical reactions in their bodies, the natural cycles. How does the body work? How does the brain work? How do they work together? Just blow it all up because we have to fight obesity now. And I'm all on board with fighting obesity. It's one of the biggest problems we face as not only a country, but as a people. The American Academy of Pediatrics says 12 and 13 year olds, they should be pumped full of drugs and given surgeries and then maybe we'll talk later about diets and exercise. And then at some point later on, we'll talk about interventions and those problems that, that could be problems. It's actually the other way around. It should be lifestyle, behavior, exercise, diet, and then surgery and drugs. If you want to go down that road, I wouldn't. Unless it's a total and absolute last-ditch effort to save somebody's life. And some people, I guess, in those situations wouldn't even want to be saved. Dr. Sandra Hassink, medical director for the AAP, Institute for Healthy Childhood Weight. She's a hack, by the way. How do I know that? Well, because she said 
The guidelines aim to reset the inaccurate view of obesity as a personal problem. Of course it's not a personal problem. Of course it's not a problem. Neither is any other kind of disease or sickness or illness. Everything is caused by a virus, a vaccine, or it's somebody else's fault that you're obese. She says, people need to know that it's not a personal problem. It's a failure of other factors. It's not a failure of a person's diligence. The article goes on to say this, the group's guidance takes into consideration that obesity is a biological problem and that the condition is complex. It's a chronic disease. Now, it is complex, but not too complex. It's pretty simple to figure out why people on average are obese. What's not really that complex is the insanity of suggesting that 12-year-olds and 13-year-olds should be put into a butcher's shop and chopped to pieces because of obesity, which is going to cause probably more obesity, not going to solve the root of the problem, and it's going to force the body into what could be a life of recovery. But don't worry, they've got drugs for you for that, just like Stefan Bossel of Moderna has a vaccine to fix myocarditis and pericarditis. Good thing he showed up. According to the article, the drugs that they give these kids at 12 years old or the drugs they want to give these kids at 12 years old would affect the pathways between brain and the gut that regulate energy. I find that quite interesting because the brain-gut relationship is a relatively recent thing that mainstream media, mainstream science, mainstream everything, medicine, etc. has acknowledged. And since we just found out what it is and we just kind of figured it out, although I'm pretty sure ancient cultures understood the connection, and anybody who's kind of a naturalist understands the connection or has common sense or hasn't been brainwashed by medical school or the mainstream media, they probably understand there's a connection between the brain and the gut and, well, breathing and subtle muscle movements and all that. Now they're telling you, we found it, we understand there is a connection, so let's just pump it full of drugs. The drug affects how the pathways between the brain and the gut regulate energy, said Dr. Justin Ryder, an obesity researcher at Lori Children's Hospital in Chicago. What are you researching? It's pretty simple. 90 plus percent of it is lifestyle, diet. A small percentage is activity, but that doesn't mean you have to go run on a treadmill. It just means you actually have to physically be active. And some people are obese their whole lives, but that's only because of a classification at a doctor's office. They might not actually be quote-unquote obese except by some arbitrary standard. Some people are just a little larger. Some people a little bit smaller. That's okay. But no, we as scientists just figured out there's a brain-gut relationship. What do we do about that? Well, we monetize it. We pump it full of drugs so kids don't eat as much. I mean, who's giving these kids the food to begin with? These are 12 and 13-year-olds, okay? Maybe in Noah's time, these 12 and 13-year-olds were having children. Today, 12 and 13-year-olds are still basically babies. Hell, 25-year-olds are still living at home. 25-year-olds are dressing in black masks and burning buildings down. 25-year-olds don't want to get a job and work. So 12 and 13-year-olds certainly on average, are not that responsible because they're still children and they're still under the guidance of a guardian or their parents. And so the parents, I think, should be brought into the room here and the parents should be asked, what are you feeding this kid? What is their lifestyle like? Are they sedentary? Do they sit in front of a computer all day? 
which of course, even if you don't let your kids do that, if they go to public school, that is largely becoming digital now. We're literally creating a society of the people from the movie Wally, where you Skype a person who's physically sitting next to you and you talk to them through a screen. So they want to cut kids to pieces and they want to give them drugs because it's complex. You wouldn't understand it. Dr. Justin Ryder, he's researching this. He's trying to figure out what's happening. They found drugs will work. Yeah. And drugs that cost a lot of money too. It's very convenient that they have these drugs and they cost a lot of money and the people with these drugs, well, guess what? They're going to make a lot of money off of this. They're going to profit off of not telling you that these problems are, well, they're not as complex as you think they are. Pretty simple, pretty standard. Uh, For example, just one example, many insurers won't pay for the new medication. Why? Well, because it's kind of a, kind of a theory that the drug companies have. They're not really sure if it's going to work, but they're not going to pay for the medication because, well, it costs $1,300 a month. Who has the money to pay $1,300 a month so their fat toddler won't be fat? The toddler's going to be fat regardless because you're doing things to make them fat or they actually have some kind of condition which is super uber rare. But if they're big, you're probably also big. And in talking about this, if you're just tuning in, this is not a show about obesity. I'm getting to a deeper point here. Now, one of the things this article says, I want to read this to you, specific doses of this drug, which is called semaglutide and other anti-obesity drugs, have been hard to get because of recent shortages caused by manufacturing problems and high demand. Why is there high demand? This is the part you're really going to want to pay attention to. The high demand probably doesn't have anything to do with what you think it has to do. High demand is spurred, according to the article, in part by celebrities on TikTok and other social media platforms boasting about enhanced weight loss. Oh, so these drugs, which cost $1,300 a month, certainly for people that are living these kinds of lifestyles, I doubt they can barely afford to pay their bills. They probably don't have $1,300 for a fat drug that actually won't work, but will make your kids sicker and fatter. So what do they do? They pay the companies, the drug companies, do they pay the social media companies and they pay celebrities to hawk their products? That is literally why the drug drug is popular. High demand spurred in part by celebrities on TikTok and other social media platforms. Is that the same TikTok where in China, if you get on TikTok, they tell you how to build buildings and they tell you how to do math and they tell you how to cook and they tell you how to have a relationship and how to have kids. But if you log on to the same TikTok in the United States, it's all about WAP. It's all about drugs. It's all about, I mean, there's a, there was a viral song on Twitter about how it's great to have an abortion. There was, um, I mean, every time I get onto Twitter, there's like pornography. That's what we get in Western society. Kind of a separate note, but Twitter should be banned and Twitter should be shut down and Twitter should not be allowed in the United States. Oh, we're banning things. That's what Nazis do. Well, Nazis burn smut and pornography and pedophilia 
and material that reference those kinds of things. So yeah, if that means we're going to have decency, we should probably enforce some of these obscenity laws that we have or these obscenity ideas, and we should probably apply that to TikTok. Because what else is coming from TikTok? It's not just high-priced drugs for large children. It's also anxiety, depression, suicide. Oh, and that thing that affects girls more than boys, that thing that's called, oh, I don't know, what is it, anorexia and eating disorders? Oh, you know, the girls that on average were never affected by body dysmorphia. It was always young boys. And now over the last five to 10 years, it's almost exclusively young girls. And on top of that, it's almost exclusively upper middle class young girls. Funny how that works. Upper middle class girls on TikTok developing eating disorders and body dysmorphia. From TikTok, that's not even a debatable thing. There are lawsuits right now ongoing, one class action against these social media companies because they know that they're addictive and they know that they're harmful and they know that they create these psychological problems. That's 21st century warfare for you. Hawking expensive drugs on TikTok, telling you all about how it's great to be anorexic. But now they've moved on beyond that. It's not just anorexia and eating disorders. Now it's, hey, look, You can be the opposite sex. Have your boobs cut off. Have a fake penis fashioned. Oh yeah, you can do it. Don't ask your parents. Don't tell them. Those parents are very pesky. They want to know what's going on. You don't tell your parents, okay? You come to your glitter family, which sounds like some kind of Stephen King thing. Come to your glitter family. We've got clowns and balloons and rainbows and these are predators that lure kids into their ideology and into their hives, into their dungeons like goblins or demons through social media, through the black mirror and the abyss that is modern technology. So it's no surprise that these weight loss drugs are being pumped out on TikTok. I mean, you would think if like, I mean, the, if the company developed these drugs to help people, and they have these millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars to throw at celebrities. Why don't you just like take some of that money and subsidize the drug and give it away for free to show people it actually works? And then maybe people would just buy it without celebrities on TikTok telling you how great it is when they have private chefs and they have workout routines and they also have plastic surgery and they also have, you know, filters and things like that. But TikTok is the home of weight loss drugs, apparently. It's the home of anorexia, it's the home of nervous tics and twitches and Tourette's syndrome, and also that whole transgender thing, which at its core is about chemically castrating or physically through surgery castrating children, young people, and also puberty blockers that mess with your hormones, but more importantly, prevent physical development and particularly development of certain parts of the brain that you need for critical thinking. So that's why they have to get the kids, whether they're obese or they're upset about their parents' breakup or they're upset because their pet died. And they have to tell these kids, you're fat, you need surgery. You're sad, not because your parents broke up, not because your fish died. You're sad because you don't want to have a penis. You're sad because you don't have a penis. I mean, you would think that it wouldn't just be the polar opposite. Like some people, maybe they are in the right body. It's just the opposite, the exact opposite every single time. And that's what they do, the the glitter and the rainbows and the unicorns. I mean, we talked last night 
briefly at the beginning of the show about the San Francisco Standard article, and that's just one of many, where all these doctors on Twitter who are pushing COVID lockdowns and vaccines and masking and telling you how their husband died from COVID. Oh, my God. And I've told you on the show before, it's fake. It's not real. They're sock puppets. That's a military term for psychological warfare where people that in the, are in, in the military, they run psychological operations through social media. They control multiple accounts with backgrounds. They look like they're real people, but they're not real people. Turns out all these doctors not only were pushing this garbage and they weren't real, they weren't real people, but they were all associated with LGBTQ or Ukraine. They had rainbow flags and Ukrainian flags. Why do you think that is? Because they hold the rainbow, they hold Ukraine, they hold everything hostage as shields to deflect criticism or to deflect observation even, an analysis of what they're doing, what the core of their beliefs are. Now, words don't mean very much. Actions mean a lot. Words are meaningless and words are hollow. Actions show you what people actually think and how they actually feel and what they're actually willing to do, good or bad. So the fact that the American Academy of Pediatrics wants to cut kids up and give them drugs in the same fashion as the transgender cult, you have to start to think, what is happening here? This feels very dark. Puberty blockers, hormone therapy, as they call it, surgery. And they want to do the same thing for obese kids. And they want to do it really young, too. It's always very young. Drugs and surgery. Could it be that transgenderism has nothing to do with sex or gender and obesity has nothing to do with weight loss and health, but it has to do with damaging mentally damaging psychologically, and I mean literally preventing the brain from forming with these drugs, destroying the body, but literally, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, soulfully, etc., obliterating the divinity and the potentiality of the innocent. Sacrificing a child, not on an altar per se, but as part of an ideology, or in the name of health, like all the people that brought their kids to doctor's offices demanding that they get vaccines before they were even rubber stamp approved. Those were people under the guise of liberalism, and I don't want to sound like I don't believe in science, bringing their children to the altars of Moloch, literally. And what happens with obesity that's similar to transgenderism? You're confused about who you are, what you look like, etc., So they turn you into something that looks inhuman. Obesity, you know, people that are obese, you know, you you, people stare because it's not like biologically and genetically and with, you know, part of it's in your DNA, cellular memory. That's not a normal thing in society. It's becoming normal, but it's not a normal thing throughout all of human history. So transgender and obesity, these are very similar things. A lot of transgender people, especially a lot of LGBTQ people, tend to be overweight themselves. So there's a, there's a mixture of things happening here. Lack of self-esteem, lack of willpower, lack of desire to change, lack of desire to, well, it's goblin mode, make yourself seem appealing, etc. Puberty blockers, hormones, surgery, drugs, etc. Vaccines, masks, social distancing, lockdown, 
and all the things that lead to heartbreak and disease and death and suffering and pain and hell and all that. And also, with transgenderism, you're creating a genderless species because eventually there won't be man or woman to transition to. There will be nothing. You will basically be alien. And that's the end goal of this. That brings us back to Yuval Harari and Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab saying merging with machines. Yuval Harari saying you're going to learn, you're going to relearn your senses. How? Well, you have to start thinking about light and physics and gravity differently. They're upturning, overturning, and spilling out literally the foundational pillars of not society and civilization. They're destroying creation and sabotaging civilization and sacrificing life and innocence, no doubt about it, from the womb to the child that's already born. They're overturning the fundamental basic laws of nature. Meaning that they want you to be confused about the simplest things imaginable. You literally don't know what direction is up or down. Call gravity whatever you want to call it. But if they start telling you gravity either doesn't exist or gravity is this or that. Gravity is something you need to rethink because we're going to be looking at gravity in a new way in the metaverse. You could be like Dwight, right? You can just fly around as a paper salesman. They start telling you gravity is going to be different in the next world and light is going to be different. Ladies and gentlemen, this isn't ascension. This isn't David Wilcock and Corey Goods made up nonsense. This isn't a good positive thing. This is the end of life as we know it. But see, here's the thing. That sounds scary, doesn't it? Especially if it's late at night, you're driving on the road as a trucker. Maybe you're driving in the middle of the afternoon. Desert, mountain, wherever you are. Maybe you're at home, in bed. Maybe you're listening on a radio on the porch. Maybe you have your cell phone, headphones, whatever. Laptop. Maybe your whole family can hear this in the background. I don't know. But it kind of sounds scary to suggest that. However, the flip side of things, the positive thing is, none of those things are really true. The planet's fine. Humans are fine. You saw what happened... Look at the microcosm that is El Paso. You saw what happened with El Paso. They dragged Joe Biden in his coffin down to El Paso and prop him up for a talk. And what did they do in El Paso? They cleaned up the drugs, the homelessness, and all the crime. It all just disappeared overnight. That shows you that Portland, Tucson, where I am, that shows you every place in the country that looks like that. Oakland, California, Baltimore, Washington, D.C. It can be cleaned up like that instantly. But they don't because it benefits them, the people in power, Republicans and Democrats. Now, what does that have to do with any of this other stuff? Well, if they tell you and they show you visually and they beat it into your head that life is pointless and purposeless and kind of gross, it's gross to have kids. And why would you want to be in a relationship or why would you want to have friends or why would you want to do anything to be successful or accomplish anything or build something or grow? Even if it's just for fun, we have something else for you. Put on this headset, plug into this computer, look into these goggles, tell us what you see. A different reality, one that's upside down, with new laws of physics, 
with different kinds of light and gravity. Different things that will change your perspective on what's real. They want to blur the line between what's real and what's not real. What's fake and what is honest. What is there. Creation. Nature. They want to destroy it and in the process sabotage civilization. But humans are a commodity. We are a resource for the people that want to do this. So they sacrifice the womb, they sacrifice femininity and womanhood and masculinity, and they create the very toxic versions of the things that they say that they don't like. They create toxic masculinity when men are not men. They create toxic femininity when women are not women. So they set the two against each other so that instead of being attracted to create life, they're blown apart like the other ends of a magnet to destroy life. They destroy the vessels for life, And they destroy the children that somehow squeezed through the demonic crack. Because they do need some people to either run the machines, as people used to say, or, in my example, to liquefy and consume, like the machines that need the warm blood that they are. So you are a commodity. You are an asset. You are a resource. And they are feeding off of you like the monsters in Monsters Incorporated. They're peering through the doorway They're coming out of the abyss. Your phone, your TV, your computer, your laptop, tablet, you name it. They're coming through that black portal, that black goo. They're coming in the form of TV shows and movies and comic books and sports teams. And you can't even look at professional sports anymore. Not only do you have the Seattle Kraken, you got people like Aaron Rodgers who says, when he's at the stadium before or after the game, he's being haunted by the hat man who appears with dead animals and a knife. It's no wonder the Packers aren't that good. Aaron Rodgers has to escape the, the pass rush, and he has to escape the hat man. I mean, that's what he said. He said the hat man's like falling into his car and he's in the locker room. You can't look anywhere without finding references to these kinds of Shadow worlds or shadow beings or Lovecraftian monsters. Everything is Titans and mythology and Typhon and the devil and everything you can imagine that just is is evil and draws you down and depressing. Meanwhile, the world is not actually that bad, but they have to convince you that it is so you'll give up and you'll give in. Like the intro to Clyde's show. Give up. The loudspeaker said, give up, give up. If they just keep saying it over and over, which is one of the one of the things that communists will tell you, just give up, give up. YOLO, you only live once. FOMO, you got a fear of missing out. Just give in, give up, give in, give up, give in, give up. Tune in, tune out. Give in, give up, give in, give up. That's what the abyss is whispering into your ears. Give up, give up, give up. It's purposeless, meaningless. You're worthless. Nothing matters. I sound like Cortez now. Let me tell you about socialism. Most people don't know what it is. No, you're right. They don't know what it is. A nightmare. But the world's really not that bad. They just have to convince you that it is. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. I'm tapping the brakes a little early because it's almost the weekend. And tomorrow, I, Clyde Lewis... And hopefully Derek Murphy will be doing a webinar 
for Aftermath for Ground Zero. And we are probably going to, well, probably talk about Lovecraft a little bit. And when we have that discussion, it'll be an hour webinar. As far as I understand it, there will be video, so you'll be able to see us. I've not done a webinar with Clyde before, certainly not with Derek before. So what's going to happen is uh, you're going to be able to watch it and I believe interact with us. And the start time for that is January 14th. That's tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific. That's 3 p.m. Mountain Time. And that'll be for one hour. Again, Clyde, myself, and Derek will be on that webinar. For those of you who know how to get onto the webinar, you've done it before with Clyde. Same kind of a situation. I've never done it, so it's going to be a first for me. It's going to be pretty fun. Again, an hour. I wanted to tell you about that. And also, I wanted to tell you about my books, Occult Arcana, The Technological Elixir, and Food Philosophy, as well as my new book, Liberty Shrugged. If you enjoy this show, I think you'll really, really enjoy those books. Occult Arcana is a very timeless text. It's a massive text, whether that's ancient history, mythology, voodoo, magic, witchcraft, paranormal abilities or experiences or whatever you want to call them. All that's in the book. You can find copies of those books at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's the only place you can get them. Also, if you listen to the show for free, I really appreciate it. If you don't like those advertisements, though, I don't put those in the show. They get put in there whatever they want to play through Spreaker. You can subscribe to the archive and get access to all the shows without those ads, the montages, the digital books, etc. So you'll get my digital books, the digital copies when you subscribe. You can also buy those digital books separately. And when you buy a physical copy of one of the books, you get the digital book as well. If you have any questions or anything to share with me, rdgable at yahoo.com or tstradio.com at protonmail.com. Social media, TST underscore underscore radio, and Facebook is facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. Now, one last thing before we completely wrap up the show tonight. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has given a green light to a biotech company to vaccinate honeybees against a fatal infectious disease one of the major threats to these creatures. Well, we knew years ago that one of the major threats were the chemicals, herbicides, pesticides, insecticides that were being sprayed. I believe they're called neonicotinoids or something like that. Uh, and even the, the the different kinds of things, they like the, the HFCS was affecting the bees. Now they have a vaccine for the bees. Sounds eerily familiar. I'm pretty sure Chris Carter already wrote that episode. Actually, they wrote a lot of episodes of this for the X-Files. Pollination cross-pollinating with corn, although that's not necessarily natural, genetically modified corn, genetically modified bees, carrying a virus, carrying a vaccine, masquerading, virus masquerading as a vaccine, vaccine masquerading as a virus, whatever you want to call it. It's all biochemical warfare, genetic warfare. And the U.S. Department of Agriculture, they've approved that vaccine for those honeybees. And they want to cut up your kids and give them drugs and Yes, I mean transgenderism, but I also mean obesity. That's what the Academy of Pediatrics is saying in America. A lot of stuff going on. Hopefully tonight we've tied it together well for you. Again, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings, the music white bat audio. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. And as always, don't be afraid, be informed. Check out all of our shows from this past week. 
and check out our webinar tomorrow, January 14th, 2023. You know that, 2023, 2 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Mountain. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope to see you tomorrow. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Do all the exploring you want. You're not all the drilling of the earth you want. You're not going to find hell. You can take spaceships. Uh, you're not going to find heaven. They're not physical places. What happened before the Big Bang? The church, of course, saw scientists as a great threat. Illuminati. Secret society. Illuminati. A checkered floor. This is reflective of darkness and light.